Death is really that final aspect. It's the final rite of passage. So I think we should pay as much attention when we are saying goodbye to someone as when we are welcoming into the world. Hi everyone, it's Karen Busson and Liz Karansky. And we're here in Chicago for the opening night reception for the National Funeral Directors Conference. We're here and we're gonna go out and we're gonna talk to tons of funeral directors and everyone in this weird industry. And we're gonna try to learn more about why they're here at the conference and just like what they do on their day off. And, and we get to talk to people from all around the world. And it's not just funeral directors, it's everyone in the industry, whether they're suppliers, embalmers, we love embalmers. And, and, their, and their spouses who came along for the ride. And their kids. <laughs> oh gosh, the outfits, the thoughts, the ideas. Let's get right in there and ask some questions. Let's, Let's go, Liz. Let's go. Is this your first time coming to the NFDA? No, it's the second time. Okay. I'm here with a group of students, so we were in Boston two years ago, and now we're back. This is my first year in four years. Prior to that, my wife and I came to about 42 or 43 consecutive conventions over the United States. This is maybe our fifth? Uh, fifth. Fourth or fifth, somewhere in there, yeah. You two are really young. Did you come to this through your families or, or something? Yes, it's my dad's business. And then you married into the business? I married into the business, yeah. Okay. That's how I got the job. <laughs> and what's the most surprising thing you learned about marrying into a, a funeral-related family? I didn't realize it was a 24-7 job quite like it was. <laughs> I, th I saw it from the outside. You know, I saw the, the plus side of it a lot. Yeah. And then you get into it and you realize this never ends. You don't go home from it. This is not a job, it's a yeah. lifestyle. It's like on call forever. Exactly. If you ever do have a, a day off, do you have like a date night or what do you do? You can't predict when the business is gonna be super crazy and when it's absolutely gonna be dead, no pun intended. <laughs> but like on those on those days where nothing's going on and we find ourselves walking around, it's like, let's, let's go it's out like to lunch Tuesday. today. Yeah, we definitely have hobbies. <laughs> Oh, I'm into triathlon. Oh, and wow. he's into CrossFit. Yeah. We always have a good time when we're not on call. We golf, we ski, we boat, we fish. I love to fly fish and hunt. I used to do a lot of horseback riding, and I raised horses, but I'm not physically into that now. So I, I go to the office every day. Music, guitar, because I like the middle of the day on a Tuesday. I can't just call up my friends, we're gonna go do something. Yeah. So I just pick up a guitar or I, or I uh, go work out. She does the same. Have you noticed any family dynamics changing now that you're in the industry? I could oh. talk about that for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Because yeah. I think like, I've been really fortunate that like uh, her father, who is my boss, gave me the kind of the keys to the business after a very long like separation period, you know, like where he was, he had to struggle with like, was he retired or is he working? But then eventually he just sort of gave me the keys to the place and said, call me if you need me. And I've been really lucky in that that's regards. Years, it took a lot of years, a lot of struggling because I married his daughter and he yeah. gave away his daughter a whole lot easier <laughs> than he ever did his business. <laughs> So we think about rites of passage in life, and of course birth is, is the quintessential like new beginning. And death is really that final aspect, it's the final rite of passage. So I think we should pay as much attention 
when we are saying goodbye to someone as when we are welcoming them into the world. And I teach my students that your hands are your humanity. So if you look at your fingerprints and you lay them upon a person who is deceased, who is 100% vulnerable to you, you are doing something that is ethically and morally and socially sound. You're doing the kindest gesture at the very last time, and you're showing that every life matters. You seem like you're very passionate about your work, and I want to know what it is that really jazzes you up about what you do. We see the reality of, of what happens at the end of life, and we recognize that it truly does not have a, a preparation. None of us know. We all know we have an expiration date, but we don't know what it's going to be like when we get there. So I literally never ask this question, but I will ask it of you. What do you want for your funeral? I have no idea. No so ever. That's it. So it's, <laughs> it's because we know too much, but I also know that because I believe in what I do and it needs to resonate for all civilization, that I want to be embalmed. I want someone to stand over me and say with their hands and with their care and with the final ablutions and, and bathing me and, and putting my, my features, my face in a pleasant position and placing me in clean linens, I want them to say my life mattered so that everyone can, not you know out of vanity, but can, everyone can, can huddle in a room and say, hey, this made a difference that this person lived and I think everyone deserves that. One of the things I wrote about that I'm noticing is so many people I work with who are having difficulty with grief. I'll say, how was the funeral? Oh, you know, we didn't have one. Oh, what did you do with the body? Were they, oh, we cremated them, the ashes are in the closet. We don't know what to do. Those rituals are there for a reason. And when we don't have them, there's a book into our life that's missing. And so I'm a big proponent about, we, we have to understand how important all this yeah, is. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like in the modern world, like sometimes we lose track of those rituals. It's like everything just becomes so fast, zippity zip zip. But like taking that moment to honor and to celebrate and to reflect and to take it all in is super important, right? It's very important. And when I grew up, we would, you know, you just be going somewhere in traffic and you'd be in the back of a hearse and now things have been so sanitized Americans think that death is optional. What brought you to the business? They say I like to drive big cars and I that's not true. <laughs> You know, I don't know what brought me into it. I think when I was a kid, I went to a funeral and I liked the idea of what they did behind the scenes. So I just, I was always curious. I teach at Wayne State University in the Mortuary Science Program. 24 years, I graduated from the program 10 years prior to that, so I've been a licensed funeral director 34 years. I am a supplier. You're a supplier? Yes. We provide everything with the exception of caskets and cars. I'm a vendor for the funeral industry. We sell funeral stationery and fine products for marketing. I work out of a call center. We service 8,000 funeral homes. Oh, wow. We handle pre-need calls, every type of call a funeral home would handle. Can you just like explain what is pre-need in a very simple way for America if they don't know what that is? It is just planning and making it easier for your family, making the tough decisions that they don't need to make in a crisis moment. And just like little by little, just thinking about it, making a plan and getting it together. Uh, it's as simple as that. 
I'm a funeral ranger and I'm a licensed cemeterian. I don't know what a cemeterian is. Could you just explain that briefly? Well, a cemeterian is someone who works in a cemetery okay. and help people be laid to rest, whether they're gonna be laid to rest in the ground or they're gonna go in a mausoleum or they're gonna go in a niche okay. or cremation in the ground, scattering at sea. So funeral directors help take care of the human remains and the cemetery is the one who is the final disposition where the remains are gonna end up permanently which we call the point of reference, POR. I uh, move about the whole country. I'm in 17 states. Do you see different trends among those 17 states? Well, the biggest thing is new technology, text to registry, using a registry book text message, also using digital registry for people signing in on iPads in the funeral home and things of that nature. Email marketing is getting very big. People using Facebook, Instagram, posting and things of that nature. A lot of families are requesting online funerals now in their funeral homes too. So you got a lot of different things. You don't actually have to come into the funeral home to have a service. So. Okay, so that's what an online funeral is where they yes. sort of live stream it? Yeah, we live stream it. So families can actually see the funeral from where wherever they are, if they're in a nursing home or if they're in another state, they can come in and see it that way. Technology is, is a big thing in, in recent years. In the communications and the means of getting the word out also, mm -hmm. uh, as far as obituaries, used to it had to be in a newspaper or no one knew about it. But now, you know, these social te technology has really remedied that part. NFDA is the most educational form of funeral service in, in this world today. All of us are seeking education in, in better ways to serve families. I hope to learn to see how you are it here in America because it's a lot of different in Germany. How is it different in Germany? We do uh, not a lot of embalming. We don't take the urns at home and so you all take the uh, urns to the cemetery and the coffins and so it's different. What are you seeing as some new things that families are asking for or new ways that you are kind of serving them or helping them to celebrate? Stepping outside the box, focusing more on the life lived as opposed to the loss. Mm -hmm. Different ways of celebrating a life. I've had motorcycles in the funeral home, a tractor outside. I just have them bring whatever they feel is appropriate for their loved one. Yeah. Bringing a lot of their memorabilia in so that they conversation for the gathering changes as opposed to I'm sorry if there's something I can do let me know too I had no idea that he was such an amazing golfer yeah. so it's a good conversation starter most of the things that you're seeing today aren't particularly that new they're just new to the region or they're new again you know personalization's been around for a very long time we've got to be on top of all of the trends whether they're in Europe or whether they're in Central America or whether they're in Asia because we, we serve everything. But every time there's an advancement in healthcare, there's either changes in the chemistry of the body or there's increased risks for the people who are doing the work, whether it's radioactive implants or whether it's nanoparticles in healthcare. So those things are always keeping us on our toes for new things. As an example, when a remains gets cremated, if they have got radioactive seed implants, that does create some challenges for how close you can come in contact with the urn and how soon you can come in contact with the urn. Oh my so, gosh, I never thought about that. One of the greatest things that we've learned over time is you know, how to better care for the deceased and take care of our embalmers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that awareness is very important and more so than the embalmer, it's not uncommon in many cultures for the family to pull up a chair and sit beside that deceased for many, many hours. 
and for you know placing children in close proximity. So the hygiene aspect of what we do is really misunderstood, and there's sort of a um, a binary choice: either you believe in embalming or you don't. As opposed to we're weaving a fabric of care together for families so that they can all have a really great memory. You know, grief is messy. When people say, "How long will I grieve?" I always say, "How long is the person going to be dead?" Because if they're going to be dead a long time, you're going to grieve a long time. Wow. Now, I'm going on decades. It, it yeah. doesn't mean you'll always grieve with pain. You can also grieve with love. And I think it's so important that we understand there's always going to be a hole in our heart. We're always going to miss that person. But it doesn't forever have to be painful. So, what'd you think? Oh my gosh. I mean, that was... It was actually amazing. It was really, really interesting and, and lively. No pun intended. But, um, um, <laughs> no, but I guess I think the thing that I found most surprising was just, and I, I don't know why I found this surprising, but was the kind of um, the diversity of the crowd. They're from all around the world. They're old, they're young, they're male, they're female. I yes. mean, it's everything. It's really kind of cool. And I think just what everyone was saying about like wanting to serve families and help people, I thought it was, it was fun and it was deep. I'm so happy to learn I'm not the only one who really wanted to come here. <laughs> oh my God. I'm having a blast, but you know what? I'm excited for the party. I'm very excited for the party. We've done our interviews. So let's go for it. Let's go dance. Let's do it. What do you say? Blues Brothers. Oh, uh-oh. There's a Blues Brothers theme, people. All right, peace out. <laughs>